Amen and amen. Come on, say it. Amen and amen and amen. You may be seated this morning. Thanks, team. What a great, great worship time this morning. Glad that you all are with us. As has been said, we are on a series of lessons called Hearing God. Again, if you're new with us, uh, we have a YouTube channel. You can check us out on uh, Spectrum Church uh, SD, I guess it is, and find us on YouTube. Uh, all the messages are there recorded. We're glad for those that are listening to us online as well. Come on, let's clap real big for all of our online folks today. Yeah, we've got people that, that have, that have uh, moved on, you know, moved out of town, and, and uh, every week they're listening and send stuff to me and just, I'm out hearing the message, and great, and people from, you know, all, all different places are just uh, connecting with us online as well. So thank God for the technology that we have, and we're glad for all y'all in the room. Come on. Come on. We're glad you're in the room today, everybody. Yeah. So again, we're, we're uh, on, a, on a series of lessons called Hearing God, and I, I just kind of sense as we've kind of been in it for the last uh, three weeks, this is our fourth week, uh, we're going to go a couple more weeks at least, because the more I'm studying, the more I'm, I'm in it, like we've been talking, hearing God, uh, the more I'm in this series, the more I'm hearing God about different nuances that I just want to cover. So we're just going to keep going until we don't go anymore, if that's all right, everybody. Uh, again, I can't think of a better thing that we need in this generation right now. It's always that way, but right now, we need clarity. We, like, as Art said, we need to hear God. There's all kinds of voices, all kinds of people that would say, do this this is right, or do that, that is right, or think this, this is the way. But, but the, the scripture is real clear. The scripture says that there's a way that's, that, that, that's right to a man, or a man thinks it's right, but it ends in death. So, th so there's all kinds of voices in this world, and, and there's all kinds of, uh, of people and, and cultures and governments and, and even own voice of your own flesh or, your, or, or even my own carnality trying to talk to me about something in my life that God's already spoken against that and given me and you a different direction. So uh, we want to come again to the Word of God, and our prayer is this prayer that Solomon actually started and prayed when, when God came to him in a dream and, 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 and started speaking to him and said, just, what, what, what do you want, Solomon? Just, I'll give you anything you want. And Solomon says this in 1 Kings chapter, chapter 3, verse 9. It's our jumping off scripture for the last several weeks. He says this in the message translation. Solomon replies to God, here's what I want, God. Give me, come on, say it with me, a God-listening heart. So I can lead your people well. So I can lead my life. I'm never going to be able to lead anybody else unless I lead my own life. The first person you need to lead is you. So, so I need a God-listening heart to lead me. I need a God-listening heart to be the husband to Kimberly. I need a God-listening God heart to, to be the dad to my four children my, and my five grandchildren. I need a God-listening heart so I can lead and pastor this church. Same with you in, in, in your area. God, give me a God-listening heart so I can lead your people well and, and I can discern the difference, as we spoke a moment ago, between what's good and what's evil, between what's moral and immoral, between what's culture, the kingdom of the culture of the world, or the kingdom of God. I need a God-listening heart. That's our prayer. I pray if you're going to get a tattoo, get 1 Kings 3, 9 tattooed somewhere where somebody can see it. Come on, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's just review where we've been. They'll be here on the screen, wherever you can see online or in the room as well, some things that we talked about already by way of review. We said this, that God's word is God's voice, and God's word will give you God's wisdom. We are, we are people that must put 
the reading of the word, the priority of the word at forefront in our lives. We are, listen, I'll say it this way. When you read what he said, you'll hear what he is saying. One more time. When you read what he's already said, you will begin to hear what he is saying. If you never read the word of God, can I just be straight up honest with you? You are probably not going to hear God. The reading of the word of God tunes your ear to what God is saying, to what he has said, and to the direction that he will have for your life. He is eternal. He knows all. He lives in a place of no time. He is he's, he's, uh, alpha and omega, beginning and end. There is nothing that surprises him. So he can talk to you about what's coming up in the future, and your ears will begin hearing that if you spend time alone with him, reading the Word of God. We said this, that hearing and studying the Word of God, we've talked about this, I think it'll come up. Boom, hearing and reading and studying God's Word is planting good seed. We look at that parable in Mark chapter 4. It's planting good seed in our heart so we can ascertain God's voice. Again, we know that the thief is trying to come to take the Word of God out of your heart. We looked at the parable in Mark chapter 4. Some seed fell on, on the, the hard ground. Some fell on, uh, on the soil that it, it came up quickly, but it had no root, and, and it got devoured. Some fell amongst, uh, amongst thorny ground, where cares of this life, deceitfulness of riches, and lust of other things entered in and choked the word of God. There will always be contention for the word of God in your heart. The word of God being sown always goes into someone's heart. Today, it's not a question whether I am speaking the word of God or teaching the Word of God, if it will enter your heart. That is not a question to every believer. The Word will always get to your heart, but what it does after that is up to you and me. It's got to be heard. It's got to be protected. It's got to be watered. It's got to be nurtured because the thief is trying to come to take the Word of God out of your heart. He doesn't care if, he, if it's through cancer or sickness. He doesn't care if he brings financial pressure. He doesn't care if it's relational pressure. He is after one thing and one thing only. Get the Word out of your heart because if the Word's out of your heart, there will be no produce in your life. You won't see the joy. You won't see the peace. You won't see the miracle. You won't see the, 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 the love of God, you won't see anything working in your life if the word leaves your heart. Can somebody say amen? amen. So it's got to be protected. We said this last week that we have a better covenant. We have a better covenant than, than the people in the Old Testament because it's established on better promises. So when we read the Bible, these 66 books, I was taught you know, 40 years ago, that the majority of our time now as believers, as Christians, in this time in which we live in, from the time that Jesus was resurrected, we live in the New Testament. That is called the New Covenant. We no longer live in the Old Covenant. It was good then, it's been outdated. There is a new covenant. There is a new operating system that's not saying that wasn't good, it's just this operating system is better. No longer are the blood of bulls and goats and rams and heifers atoning or covering man's sins. We're in a new covenant where the blood of Jesus Christ removed our sin. No longer do we have to go to the priest to, to have an entrance before God, we go to the high priest, Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. Come on, we got a better covenant. Come on, somebody clap a little bit in the church. Yeah. 
So it's established on better promises. And one of those better promises is that we all have the ability to, to hear God. So we don't need, we said, we just don't need anybody else. We don't need anybody else to hear God for us, we said last week. Like the prophet, the priest, or the king in the Old Testament. If you lived in the Old Testament, if you were around when Isaiah was writing, you were around when Daniel was hanging out, if you are around from other brothers back then in the Old Testament, the only people who could hear God were these people that fulfilled these offices. Now, God would intervene and God would, God would talk to some people. We can see as we, go, we read and we'll refresh ourselves again today where God jumped on somebody and spoke to them and led them and directed them, gave them an assignment. But overall, the overarching premise of the scriptures in the Old Testament is only these three people, the prophets, the priest and the king could hear God. Again, now we've got a better covenant. We've got a new covenant established on better promises. That's been outdated. Now every child of God, every person who makes Jesus the Lord of their life can hear, can ascertain, can know the will of God for themselves. That's just good news, man. That's just good news. And we, fat, we wound up here last week, and we're going to, again, get into this and, and got some more ground to cover. Last week, we kind of unhooked the train with this thought, is that we don't discern God's will. We do not discern God's will by a sign, and God doesn't lead us by outward signs. We do not follow God. We do not discern if God wants us to do this or that based on the sun's up, the sun's down. Based on, I got some goosebumps when I felt that, or I didn't get any goosebumps. Or, or I, I went to work, I was wondering if I should do this, and all of a sudden, a, 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 a song came on the radio that said, you should move to another city. So I know I should move to another city. Because a song came on the radio. And we do not follow that nonsense. We're people who hear God, and we're people who follow God. We don't follow signs. Last week, we left off with the story of Gideon. Y'all remember Gideon? Gideon was the guy, the scripture says the Midianites would come in in Judges chapter 6, and they would just, they would just pillage the land. The, 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 everybody was an agriculturist and, you know, living off the, the, the farms and the animals and the land, of course. And, and they would come in at harvest time and just steal all the produce and left them impoverished. Well, Gideon was hiding, the Bible says, in a wine press. And an angel of the Lord found him there and started talking to him and said, Brother, you're a mighty man of valor. And if you remember that dialogue, he says, Who are you talking to? I, I'm the least in my family. Uh, look what's going on in the culture. We're, we're poor. Everything's been stripped from us. We got nothing. But God told him and God said, listen to me, I'm going to do something in you and I'm going to use you powerfully and you're going to rout the Midianites. Man, that's a pretty good word. If God's talking to you, if you had an angelic appearance today after church while you're eating your taco, you know, and all of a sudden the angel of the Lord talked to you, I would think, I would think, and you would probably think, I'm going to obey that. But you know what? Gideon says something a little bit different. Here's what he says in chapter 6, verse 17. We read this. Check it out. He says, if truly, if truly you are going to help me, if, there's the big, big word, if you're going to help me, show me a sign. Show me a sign to prove it, that it's really the Lord speaking to me. Now, 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 now who else would it be talking to you? Who else would it be? But now, if you are truly going to help me, show me a sign. That's not a taco. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I know I got to talk back, church. Help me, Lord. Come on. Show me a sign. Don't get me off track. Come on now. Show me a sign. If it's really you, show me a sign to prove it. 
Now, God fronted this brother two signs, if you were with us, if you remember the story. He said, God, here's what I want you to do. Got this little rug here, got this little sheep rug. I want the rug to be full of dew. I'm going to leave it out at night. Full of dew, but the ground all around it to be dry. And God says, I got you. He woke up in the morning. It was exactly that. But then guess what happens? He says, "Mm, I'm just not so sure. That might have been happenstance. That might have been just luck. God, here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to, for, for the ground to be dry, and, 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 or the, the opposite, whatever I said first. The ground to be dry and the rug to be wet. And, and God gave it to him. God gave it to him. Guys, listen to me. What I know about people all my life who have said that they need signs, a sign is never enough. They always want another sign. And if you're looking for something, you are just getting yourself over into the devil's territory where he'll start trying to finagle things so that you will lean that way. We don't follow signs. We hear God ourselves. We follow the word and we follow, we'll talk about it, the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's where we're going to be going in the next several weeks. What we said last week is that in the Old Testament, they were led externally, cloud by day, fire by night. They were led externally. God did some supernatural, miraculous things on the outside to lead his people time and time again. But in the New Testament, we are led internally. We're led on the inside. We're led, we're going to find out, from some GPS system on the inside. We've got a Google map operating system on the inside. We've got, we've got uh, 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 the ability for our hearts, give us a God-listening heart that in my inner being, I can hear God. I can know what to do. I can know what not to do. I can know where to go. I can know who to be in business with. I can know who to date. I can know who not to date. I can know what job to take. I can know what job not to take. I can be led on the inside, not because somebody else has told me, not because it's a prophet, a priest, a king, not because it's any other Christian who says, I think you should do this. I think you should marry them. Or some sister at the church. Come on, somebody. Slap the sister. Come on, somebody. I ain't marrying nobody unless God said marry him. Come on. I'm only kidding about slap a sister. Come on. Some of y'all, some of y'all looking around like that. Now, now, I was thinking this past week, just because I'm going to dig deeper in this sign thing. There's a, there, there's a portion of scripture in, in, in Luke chapter 16, want to get there right now, that Jesus talks about, and he's telling us a story about a rich man and a poor man. The, the, the scripture says that there was a, a poor man named Lazarus, and every day he was laid at the gate of this rich man. And he had sores, and he was so poor, he was homeless, he was messed up on his body. His body was so broken, and forgive me, but oozing with stuff that the Bible said, Jesus said the dogs came and licked his sores. That, that's the condition of this brother. And he was right outside the rich man's house, and the rich man never paid any attention to him. Well, Jesus tells the story, and he says both those brothers died. The poor man, the poor man who was a just man, 
was carried to paradise, the scripture says. Don't have time to get into it. You got to study it yourself. We'll talk about it later. Uh, maybe another message. But he was carried. We would, we would say heaven, but it wasn't heaven. It was paradise. Let's just leave it there. And the rich man, who was a sinner man, was carried, the scripture says, to Hades, where he was in torment. Now, let me pump the brakes here and say, rich people don't all go to hell, and poor people don't all go to heaven. That's not what he's saying. The rich man just happened to be not a God follower, a heathen, and the poor man just happened to be a God follower, or we would say a Christian. But the Bible says they both went to the place that was appointed them based on the decision they made while they were on the earth. And the scripture says that Jesus is telling the story that where the compartment that the poor man was in, paradise, was so positioned that everybody there could see the compartment that the evil, unrighteous people were in, this rich man and everybody else. And those over here somehow could communicate <laughs> with those that are over there. And Jesus tells this parable that there's a knowing that this rich man He's, he's hearing, he's feeling, he's sensing. He says, I, I just want somebody to, to, to dip their finger in some water and give it to me that nobody, I, I can't deal with this place of torment. And then the conversation begins happening between the rich man and those on the other side. And here's the conversation in Luke 16, verse 27. He says, then I beg you, Father, I beg you to send him, send a warning to my father's house. Send a warning. Send somebody back to my father's house. I have five brothers so that they may warn them. I, I, I'm asking you, Father Abraham, uh, uh, God, of, God of Jacob and Isaac and uh, Joseph. Uh, I, I'm at the father of faith in the Old Testament. I'm, I'm asking you that you would warn them lest they come to this place of torment. Look what he goes on to say. But Abraham said, Abraham said, notice what Abraham says to him. They have Moses and the prophets. Stop right there. They have the Old Testament writings. They have the Old Testament scriptures. They have what we have been studying for the last several weeks. They have the written word of God at their disposal. They have Moses, they have the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, the rich man said, no father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they'll repent. If there's a sign, if there's a wonder, if there's this manifestation that, that's, that's just different, they'll change their heart, they'll change their mind. Keep reading what he says. And he said to them, Abraham says to them, if they do not hear, that's our operating word, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, if they do not hear what Moses said, what the prophets have said, Isaiah and Jeremiah, let's just summarize one more time. If they don't hear what has already been written, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. A sign and a wonder will not make you believe God. It won't make you believe God. We believe God. We hear God based on the word of God. 
warn them. They have Moses. They have the prophets. Let them hear them. We have the Gospels where Jesus was alive. We have the epistles from Corinthian Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. You know, you know the story. Titus, Timothy, Hebrews, James, John, Jude, Revelation. We have what has been written. We are to hear the word of God. When we hear the word of God, we don't need a sign. We don't need a confirmation. We'll talk about that. We don't need anything else. We've got God's word. We can hear God's voice. We're attuned to God's word. Therefore, our ears of our heart are understanding how God thinks, how God speaks, what he likes, what he dislikes, and we're ordering our life by it, and therefore we're hearing God clearer and more clear. Can somebody say amen? 1 Kings 19. If you're not familiar with that, I'm going to encourage you to read it this week. 1 Kings 19. The prophet Elijah, we'll start in verse chapter 17. It'd be good for you to do that. He prophesies that there's going to be a, a drought, and there was a drought for three and a half years, and, and God was going to be shaking up the nation because the nation had decided to follow false gods. And there was a, there was a repercussions for what they were doing. And the Bible says that, that Elijah had this showdown, if you will, in 1 Kings chapter 19 with these false prophets of Baal. It's a, it's a phenomenal story. I encourage you to read it. And, and at the end of that, that, that confrontation, Elijah killed 450 of the false prophets of Baal, B-A-A-L. They're, they're false demonic worship. And he, he actually killed them. And uh, the, the king and his wife, if you remember the story there, was Ahab and, and his wife Jezebel. Come on, anybody in the room, saved or unsaved, online or not, everybody knows if anybody's called Jezebel, that ain't a good name to be called. Because there was a chick that, that, that was just utter, utter chaos in the nation, and she, was, she turned the nation towards sexual uh, perversion and all kinds of false demonic worship while her husband a weak uh, just a weak man uh, that, that had no spiritual strength let her run loose and, and so just ladies single ladies in the house you know you don't need a weak man you need a strong godly man and all the men clapped their hands and said amen you don't need a weak man you need a strong man well, it's crazy after this confrontation that Elijah kills these 450 prophets of Baal. I mean, it's, it's, an, it's an amazing uh, encounter of God's power working through him. Uh, the, the Bible says that Jezebel, her, her, her influence was so strong and, and demonically inspired in the land that she, she passes out the word, you know, through text messages, social media back then, and, and tells everybody if, if, if Elijah's head is still on him by tomorrow, he, he says it's going to be something because I'm coming to kill him. Elijah gets that word. And I, I don't know what was going on in the brother's life other than what we'll talk about in a minute, but he just wiped out 450 prophets of Baal. But the Bible says that word jacked him up. And he ran into the desert with his friend, his, his steward. And he left his steward, his servant, somewhere and went another day's journey in the wilderness, listen to me, by himself, by himself. One translation says that he was just utterly exhausted. And the scripture tells us he falls asleep. 
he falls asleep, just utterly exhausted from what happened. Probably the adrenaline rush of the endorphins with, with killing 450 prophets of Baal, and then all of a sudden the whole scenario of my life is going to be taken from me. And, and he goes in the desert and he just passes out asleep from exhaustion. The Bible and the text says that an angel of the Lord comes to that brother and shakes him, kicks him, wakes him up. And the Bible says right next to him, there was food and there was water prepared for him. And the angel shakes him up and says, brother, you need to eat and you need to drink. The angel was coming to give him food and to give him water to strengthen him physically. The Bible says he woke up, he ate a little bit, but then he went right back to sleep. The angel didn't stop there, but shook him again, came and woke him again and said, brother, you need to eat and you need to drink because the journey is too far for you to make it in this condition. All throughout the word of God, we find that bread is synonymous with the word of God. And water is synonymous with refreshing refueling, uh, 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 an awakening of the Holy Spirit inside the believer. Listen to me. If you do not eat the Word of God daily, and if you do not have times where the presence of God penetrates your heart and refreshes you, listen to me, you will not make it. What I say when I say you will not make it, I I'm not saying you're not going to make it to heaven. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there will be a deficiency in you and me where, where things that should not derail us, derail us. Where I hear Jezebel, I hear culture, I hear government, I hear friends, whatever it is, I, I have something that attacks my body and it just completely jacks me up. The question I got to ask myself is, Gary, have you been eating the word of God? And have you had regular time of fellowship where the Holy Spirit, where the word of God that you're reading is being watered and it is taking root where the enemy cannot take it out of your heart? Listen to me. You won't be able to hear God clearly in a weakened spiritual condition. You will not be able to hear God. I want to hear God. Okay, what are you doing? What are you doing with your time? Are you, are you having any alone time? But you don't know my schedule. I know I don't. I, I know I don't. I remember years ago, I've got two brothers, and my older brother was um, in the Air Force. And he had just, before he went to the Air Force, he had, a, he had a, a, a rough spot in his life with drugs and all kinds of stuff. And then he, he turned his life around after I did. And um, uh, he, he decided to go into the Air Force to try to like just, you know, this is what I'm gonna do. And so while he was in the Air Force, my mom said that they were communicating and, and she just told him, you know, he was talking about, you know, I'm in the Air Force, I've got, I'm studying this. He was in linguistics and he was studying the Czechoslovakian language at the time. You know, this is in the 80s. And uh, he said, my time is so limited, mom. I don't, and my mom just, just challenged him and said, you need to find, Bill, you need to find if you've got five minutes, you need to give that five minutes to God. Whatever it is, whatever it is. 
You need to give that time to God where you can read God and you can have a time every day that your heart is hearing God. If, it's not, if, it, if you are in a condition right now where the word of God is not taking ascendancy in your life, where the spirit of God is not refreshing you on a continual basis, listen to me, you are coming to a place sometime in your future where you will be exhausted. You'll find yourself like Elijah, even though you've had victories, even though you've seen God, even though you prophesied and the rain stops for three and a half years. If there is not a continual dialogue with you and the word of God, with you and the spirit of God, where you're hearing God, where God is speaking to you, you will become exhausted. You will quit. You will grow weary. We don't want that. So we're trying to help you. Can somebody say, help me, Lord. Come on, help me, Lord. I got ears to hear. I'm hearing myself. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 4 in the New Testament. Look what he says in verse 16. 2 Corinthians 4, 16. Paul writes and he says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Now, these words I've taken from different translations here so we get the broad picture. Therefore, in the, in the midst of all the stuff we're dealing with, Paul says, we go from city to city and it's either a revival or a riot. People are trying to kill us all the time. People are leaving us. They're stoning us. They're abusing us. They're spitting on us. But he says, we do not lose heart. We don't faint. We don't lose courage. We don't give up. We don't become exhausted through fear. We don't stay depressed. We don't live in despair. Come on, somebody say amen. How's he do this? What's his, what's his take? How does he make this happen? Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed. Come on, somebody. Day by day. Notice, you have an outward man that's perishing. From the time you're born, you're already dying. I know it's morbid. I know it's sad to say. But your best days, as far as physically, for everybody in the room... They're behind you. We fight it. I exercise. I do stuff. I try to eat kind of good. I want to live long. But come on, somebody. I looked in the mirror the other day and I went, there is another wrinkle. (laughs) The outward man is perishing. But we don't concentrate on the outward man, do we? Come on, everybody. We don't concentrate. We, we, we keep our body under. We do the best we can. Come on. But we don't concentrate on the outward man. He says, it's perishing, yet there's this thing called the inward man. It needs to be what? Renewed. How, how often? How, come on. How often, church? Come on. One more time. Let me hear you online. How often? Just every day. Every day. Every day. So to succeed in life's journey, I got to eat the word of God. The Bible says that the food that Elijah ate carried him for 40 days and 40 nights. It carried him. (laughs) It carried him. Now, remember, we're talking about hearing God. If you don't eat, you don't hear. Now, Elijah, because again, the angel said, angel of the Lord says, you need to eat this food because the journey's too great for you. The journey's too great. In other words, listen to me. There are things God wants you to do that you will not do unless you eat his word. There are things that you will miss, that I will miss, 
unless I'm regularly spending time having my heart sensitized to hear what he's telling me to do. Nuances with me and Kimberly. Even though we've been married for coming up next week, next week, 38 years. Even though, and even though, man, the, the journey, different places of the country we've lived and season of our life. Even if we don't stay fresh, there's a chance because I know people that are my age that have gotten divorced and gotten hooked up with somebody else and done some stupid stuff. So I got to keep hearing the word of God. I got to keep being sensitive to the word of God. I got to keep being sensitive to her. I, I got to keep my heart open. I got to, I, God, what are you saying as our church in this generation? What are you saying right now? I want to know. I want to know. Why? Because the journey is too great. You will not make it unless you eat and you drink. So these 40 days and 40 nights, the Bible says that Elijah finds himself in the desert and he finds himself at the mouth of a cave. And he's at this, this breaking point, if you will. God strengthened him. He's running. He's complaining to God. If you remember the story, maybe you don't. He complained to God two or three times. God, I'm done. Just kill me. That's what he said. I'm just done. I'm done with life. Just, just take me off the planet. And he said, all these, I'm the only one left. I'm the only one left. There are 7,000 others that were falling. I'm the only one. He had a real inferiority complex right now. Again, when you're exhausted, you start thinking crazy thoughts. You start believing stupid stuff. You start having conspiracy theories. Hashtag the last four or five years. I'm telling you, we better be a people of God. Listen to me. I don't care if you're Republican, if you're Republican, Democrat, or you're in the middle. Can I tell you something? We're none of that. We're Christians. We stand for righteousness. So I love everybody. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand on the word side. Come on, everybody. We stand on what's right, what God says in the word. And he comes to this cave. He comes to this place. And he's received food and he's walked 40 days, 40 nights. It sustained him. God supernaturally kept this brother. But check it out in chapter 19, verse 11. God talks to him. Look what he says. Elijah, go and stand on the mountain before the Lord. Go stand there. I want to talk to you. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and a strong wind tore the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake came. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire came, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, come on, read it with me, a still, small voice. Um, if, if ever there are three manifestations that those of us that have been raised in Pentecostal, charismatic, apostolic churches, we would, we would uh, have seen and been a part of, 
in our church experience, it would be these three things. It would be an earthquake, wind, fire. I'm not saying any of that was wrong, and I'm not saying any of that, that is wrong. I'm just saying it's interesting to me that God told this brother, that's not me. I'm not in that. I'm not in that. I'm not in that. For you personally, right here, Elijah, he called down fire from heaven, burned up, burned up the altar, Elijah did. Elijah left the earth in a whirlwind, chariots of fire. So we see God is a part of that, but here, right now, for this brother, I'm not in that. I don't want you to follow a sign. I want you to follow my voice. He was in a still, small voice. Just because God did something in the past doesn't mean he's going to do it again. Just because God led you in a way and God spoke to you in a way, a certain way, or had a certain manifestation, doesn't mean that's what he's going to do now. God, I believe, is trying to grow up the body of Christ to read the Word of God, hear the Word of God, spend time with the Holy Spirit who's called the teacher, counselor, comforter, who's going to speak to us and reveal truth to us about what Jesus said. We'll talk about that a little bit next week. Where I don't need, I don't need a sign. I don't need a wonder. That's Old Testament. I just need to hear your voice. A still, small voice. I, th I, think, I, I think that might be the, the most challenging thing in this generation. I, I know, you know, like somebody said, you know, you're busier than a one-armed paper hanger, you know, just, just, just coat hanger. Just, just, I'm so busy. Can't, I just, stuff's going on. I got my life. I got, it takes me 45 minutes to drive to work and, and I got to get kids to school and, and then there's soccer and there's dance and then, then there's, I got to go to the grocery store and, and, and then there's my husband or my wife and, and then it's, it's just like, just like, man, just like a hamster on a wheel. Listen to me. You could be close to exhaustion where the devil just, everybody that I know that did something stupid cheated on their spouse, stole something at work, did something crazy, all of a sudden lost their mind, we would say. You trace it back, the believer now, the Christian, they were exhausted. They were away from the word, away from prayer, away from a time to get alone and hear God. We found out the first lesson we taught that the Word of God, the Word of God's Word is God's voice, and God's voice will give you God's wisdom. And God's wisdom is preventative. It'll keep you from all these different tactics of the enemy to trip you and me up. So God comes to this man in a still small voice. God spoke in a whisper. God spoke in a gentle, blowing wind. We, we talked about months ago about in a series of the Holy Spirit that the word spirit 
in the Old Testament, Hebrew, and the New Testament, Greek, is the word, New Testament is the word pneuma. But it means a current of air. It means a blast of breath. It means a strong breeze. God speaks to Elijah in a small voice, a still small voice. I'm encouraging you, please. I say please. I beg you. But I'm asking you for your good and your family's good. You need to lean in with God. Lean in. While you're, while, while you're driving, listen to me, while you're driving, uh, put, put, in a, put in a godly teaching while you're driving. While, while you're driving, come on, go on Spotify. I, I downloaded lots of different songs, praise and worship songs. They, they jam you up, jack you up, whatever you like to listen to. They, they, they'll get you going, man, they'll just get you reminded of God. Come on, like I was on my bike. You know I cycle all the time, so I'm cycling and, and I, I'm minding my own business while you're, while you're just exercising or whatever you're doing, while you're doing dishes, while you're mowing the grass. You know how your mind just kind of goes? and, and you, I, I'm, I'm, All of a sudden, I'm hearing this song that we've been singing for three weeks. Here I am. Here I am. Here I am, Lord. Speak to me. On my bike. I'm just having, I can sit and cry right here. I had a God moment on my bike going, riding out to Coronado, about to put on the brakes and my, my eyes like right now just tearing up, filling up with tears where it's like, God, here I am doing my own thing, yet my heart's directed towards you and, and I can hear you right now. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Listen, I, I don't know how you read it all, but after this encounter, it seems like God was winding down Elijah and he was amping up to come Elisha. There's always somebody next that God wants you to impart what you've been given. And if we're not careful, we're not going to carry the baton that God has for us to the next generation. God is after us the people of God, being full of the word and full of the spirit so that we see this next generation fulfill all the will of God. Can you say amen? amen. Come on, can you say amen, everybody? Amen. I've talked too long this morning. Come on, everybody stand. Would you do it? Father, we're praying again. Give us a God-listening heart. Come on, would you pray that? Give me a God-listening heart. Give me a God-listening heart. We want to know you. We want to hear you. We want to know your voice. You said, Jesus, the, that my sheep would know my voice and the voice of the deceiver they would not follow. I pray that the voice of the de de deceiver, Satan himself, the voice of culture, the voice of the world, the voice of our past would not dictate and speak so loud to us that would thwart the voice and the word of God and the spirit of God in our heart. Father, Give us a God-listening heart. We don't need a sign. We don't need a wonder. We don't need a miracle to know that you're real and that you're speaking to us and leading us. We just need your word and your spirit to breathe life on that word for us specifically. So I pray that this week, O oh Lord, 
as we give ourselves this week to your word, you're going to talk to us. You're going to confirm or reconfirm things in our lives that you've already said. You're going to give new direction and guidance, Lord God, because that's who you are. You're good. We will be led internally by our heart, by our spirit, because you love us. The journey's too great for us, Father God, to make it in our flesh. We need your word. We need your spirit. So we contend for that today. Come on, all over the room. If you're here today, you're online with us and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior while your head's bowed, your eyes closed, no one looking around. Give everyone the right to privacy. You're just saying, man, I just need to, I need to, I need to turn a corner. I need to make a change. I, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I need to recommit my life to him. I, I've been exhausted. I've been exposed to some things I'm, I'm not proud of or I've done some things I, I, I want out of my life. Well, you're in the right place because we've sung all this morning that he's faithful, he's good, he's merciful. That's what he's got for you. So if you turn, he runs in. He runs in. So all over the room, online as well, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you're away from him today, just some things that have been distant between you and him today, and you say, I'm going to make a change today. What we do around here, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand in the next couple of moments. I'm not going to have you come to the front. I'm not going to, you know, nothing like that. Just right there where you're at, just saying, that's me. Include me in that prayer. We're going to pray a prayer out loud. We're going to make Jesus the Lord of our life. And there's going to be a spiritual transaction. Your name's going to be written in the Lamb's book of life. He's engraved you on the palm of his hand. Heaven will be your home forever and ever. So all over the room, you don't know Jesus. You're away from him. You want to be included in this prayer. Come on, when I count to three, just lift your hand. Come on, one, two, three. All over the room. All over the room. Want to be included in this prayer. Awesome. See you in the back. Anybody else? Awesome. Praise the Lord. All right. Said we're going to pray out loud. Come on, everybody pray this with me. You that raised your hand, you mean it with your heart. And we're going to pray out loud and we're going to shout real big at the end because heaven celebrates anybody that turns to the Lord. Come on, say it with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you right now in Jesus' name. I recognize my need. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. So I believe in my heart and I say with my mouth, God raised Jesus from the dead. Be my Lord, be my Savior forever and ever. I repent. I change my mind. I change my direction. Fill me with the Holy Spirit and I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's clap real big. Come on, come on, we can do better than that. Come on, praise the Lord. Come on, God's still changing lives. Amen, everybody. Come on, he's still doing it.